Good morning, Rabbi. Good morning, Joe. We have a guest today. Hi, Roy. How are you? Okay, Joe. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Of course, a very serious issue these days is gun violence. On all sides, people are worried about the proliferation of death by firearm. And and this is something I think that, uh, Rabbi, you can offer quite a bit of information about. But Roy, let's start with you. Uh, one of the first terms uh, I think we need to address is ghost guns. Um, can you define what a ghost gun is for us, please? Sure. So the ghost gun is uh, put together at home. You're, you're, you're manufacturing it yourself. Uh, so you're buying the components and then uh, manufacturing it yourself at home. Manufacturing may be a, a little different word, really assembling it. When I think of manufacture, I think of making. No, you know, actually that- for the that metal is, and a mold. You're, what you're no. saying, Joe was looking to buy the parts, just like making a car. You go to the junkyard, you pick up the parts. Right, so they, the ATF actually calls that manufacturing. They do, so okay. I, That's a technical it, term, yeah. But it, in a yeah. sense, what we're doing is we're looking for the parts we're taking them home, right? Like like Legos or an Erector set. When you buy a shotgun, for example, you can take it apart and mm -hmm. put it in a case, mm -hmm. and then when you when you use it, you have to put it back together. Is that different? If you go out and you want an SBR, you have to apply for a federal stamp, and that federal stamp, what happens is you get um, that lower has to be engraved with the manufacturer. You. Mm -hmm you know, your name on that piece, you're the manufacturer. It's playing with some words, but I'm just telling you what I know. All these regulations and rules are designed to protect, identify, and otherwise avoid misuse. Rabbi, do you think that is, is the key to all this? I think you just hit it. And one of the problems is a lot of the laws, a lot of the discussion really doesn't accomplish the goal that you're outlined. It's regulating the lawnmower and not the operator. It's regulating the automobile and then saying, well, anybody can drive it if they can reach the pedals, or even if they can't, you put blocks on the pedals, rather than focusing on the operator. And so I think we want to bring our conversation over to not this, the federal stamp, not you have to go through a checkpoint or whatever. We'll talk about that. It's not about the, the item itself. It's who has access, what training does the person have? And But I think, Roy, before we even move into that, we have to agree, not agree, we have to acknowledge that in the, what was it, the Heller versus the District of Columbia? Yeah. In 2008, that Supreme Court decision said that an individual has a constitutional right to keep a weapon for self-defense. And I like that as a starting point because I've heard people still debating the constitution. Well, until we get another Supreme Court ruling, we're not gonna, there's no, we're wasting time if we debate that decision, okay? So the decision stands that we have a constitutional right to have firearms to protect ourselves, okay? So now we, we have something, a constitutional right, which is different from driving a car or becoming a plumber. 
There's no constitutional right to try to have a car or to be a plumber. This is a matter of the law, not our constitution. So I'd like to bring us around then to what would be reasonable in terms of having individuals have weapons. And I wanna start us with, I think it's silly because we're always talking about short barrel, long barrel, 28 inches, as if size matters. I think what we wanna talk about is a weapon is a weapon, whether it's a long barrel or short barrel, a mistake we're making is this distinction. Right. So I would really like to see us look at all, whether they're long, short, or medium barrels, that we're talking about a gun for self-defense right. or hunting. Yeah. So I, I think in, <clears throat> you and I heard recently uh, what makes a firearm dangerous um, is what comes out at the end of the barrel, not, not the firearm itself. So then we have to go back to the people to see what's reasonable, what works, what doesn't work to uh, protect the uh, uh, public. Because you and I talked about this, you know, it's, it's one thing that's this constitutional right, but we also live in such a society that we wanna um, have some safety and knowledge that people are safe carrying firearms. So we have two things here. We could start with, there is a constitutional right to have a firearm for self-defense or hunting. Second, we live in, we live in Maryland, which is not a commonwealth. But if we look at Virginia as a commonwealth, common wheel for the common good, as you mentioned, second, a society. So we want some rules and regulations to protect its citizens. And Roy, um, interestingly enough, one of the things I saw yesterday and to which you spoke is the, the ammunition itself is not regulated. Is that correct? Correct. Because I saw what looked like, I, I am assuming he was 18 because he was in there by himself, but he looked like he was 12 and he was haggling with uh, uh, an ammunition seller. You know, 18, I think in Maryland, actually, it, it might be 18 and up, they can buy ammunition. But again, we, we, just going back to the point I made earlier where Ken was uh, going, was it, what makes a firearm dangerous? It's, it, it's, it's, it's the people per se. So what, what's reasonable for us to regulate or not regulate? And again, it's a constitutional right. So we have to be careful not to overburden the constitution. I think that's what we've been doing uh, with, with a lot of these laws. But um, again, so if you even wanna go over basic numbers, so based on what you're saying and, and worried about individuals, you know, first of all, we have to understand you're a, you know, you're a citizen, you have a constitutional right to have a firearm more for not just hunting and or self-protection, but there's other reasons behind that. If, if you oh, it's, it's competition shooting. It's, right. it's like bowling, if you, if you will. You're throwing a, a 10, 15 pound ball right. down the bowling alley to knock pins over. And you wouldn't think of taking that bowling ball out on the street and start bowling people. It's, but it's a sport. Right, there's, there's multiple reasons why people have firearms. So we don't wanna burden that, the, your constitutional right unreasonably, but just to look at some numbers and these numbers are old. So don't quote me on the exact numbers. I, I was just looking at the, the numbers I'm gonna use are a little older just I just know them in my head better. 
is there are 32,000 um, deaths a year from firearms. 20,000 approximately are, are due to accidental death or um, suicide. The other 10, 12,000 are due to homicide. So putting that in perspective though, depending on what resource you wanna go look at, um, anywhere from 1.5 to 2 million people a year save themselves with their firearms in, in the United States. So just depending on what numbers you wanna look at, and you can, you can even argue out stuff and look at lower numbers from other resources as far as that uh, number says, but there's plenty of literature out there. So the question is, you know, are, are we going to regulate firearms so much and the people have them so much that now we increase the risk of death for law-abiding citizens? And we've seen that in other countries where they have uh, very strict firearm laws um, and other crimes go up. Uh, Wait, let me stop you for a second. Yep. A lot of times, like with the statistics, we're looking at purchasing at the right. nature of the firearm. I'd be interested to see what countries have instituted the rules for the purchase, for background checks, for re rechecking. It's like a driver's license. When, when you turn a certain age, the, uh, the eye test you want, and we have a serious problem with seniors who shouldn't be driving because driver's licenses are renewed and we're not checking their skills early enough. So I, I want to, I kind of think that we, we spend too much time focusing on the thing. Let's ban right. this, let's ban that. Rather, or look at what that country did, they banned that rather than, well, what are the rules and regulations and what's reasonable? I want to I want to buy a firearm. Right. And what do you think of what I said about long and short barrels that we should just include? Everything should be included. Yeah, I, I don't. I, again, that goes back to that conversation you and I heard recently was it. What's the difference the way the firearm looks or what it does? It's the person who's who's using it. So we go, go back to what you're saying um, and we can focus down on that in, in the fact that what's reasonable and not to overburden the second amendment, but what would reasonable people think to get um, a firearm? Now I get to, you know, again, and, and the, the numbers are out there. Majority of people believe background checks are appropriate, in, including Republicans, uh, independents, you know, so um, I, I think that plenty of people that the problem that you have right now is the, um, the NIC system, the uh, National uh, Instant Criminal Background Check. And the problem with that, as we've seen, is, is it, you know, in 2007, it was um, the Congress passed Laura to, to fund it, but Congress never came up with the money. So right now, states are not reporting to the NICS system, um, you know, like Maryland back, I'm using an old number again, I'm, I apologize, uh, back 10 or 15 years ago, only reported 50 people with mental illness to the NICS system. We know in Maryland, as a rabbi, I can attest to, there's more than 50 people with severe mental illness. Right. So let's stop right with that, just again, on our list. We now have a system in place, mm -hmm. system for doing background checks. 
it would be more sense to fund it and to penalize states for not putting people in it rather than penalizing people. Correct. So there already is something in place that would pick up on hospitalization, on inappropriateness. And we could also discuss, maybe it should be tightened. Maybe the question should be changed. Huh, that's a different discussion. However, we have something in place Correct. and we're not using it. And there's no penalty with the states not uploading the information. And then added to that was a timeline. Mm -hmm. If if you, the information wasn't uploaded or turned around,